I always recommend to go outside and, and change the environment. Just something about being somewhere new and having the sun on you and, and smelling the flowers can really change your mood. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, caregiver support group leader, helping caregivers navigate the peaks and valleys of dementia care. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm still so healthy. I get a good dose of laughter and medicine every day. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of The Roger That Show is sponsored by Artist Senior Living, where everyone is committed to creating a more empowered care experience. That's called The Artist Way. So what does The Artist Way mean? It means celebrating the unique elements of every person's story and understanding that their dementia does not define them. It means creating a positive, compassionate atmosphere of opportunity, and above all else, it means caring for everyone with dignity and respect. So if you're looking for a true memory care partner and want to learn how Artist Senior Living can help you help your loved one live their passions despite diagnosis, call 240-534-3301 or visit ArtistSeniorLiving.com. That's Artists, A-R-T-I-S, SeniorLiving.com. You know, my dad used to say, "Uh, you can't loaf all the time. And he liked taking walks and having tasks early on when he was living with us and we were taking care of him. And those tasks were dusting and vacuuming, and even later on, when he couldn't walk or do those type of physical activities, doing some latch hook. Of course, with help from you, he was able to do the latch hook and create that rug for our granddaughter. Absolutely. And I have to admit, when he first came to us, he would he would ask me each day, what do you want me to do today? And I thought, since he had worked so hard in supporting your mom with her, you know, advising him what to do every minute of the day, that this was his opportunity to do nothing. Just chillax. (laughs) Just, you know, just relax. And I didn't realize or didn't think how boring that would be and how that would make him feel dismissed in some way and not important in some way. So then came the uh, feather duster, and this strong Italian man was no delicate French maid, believe me, because things <laughs> would go flying off the shelves, and he broke the, the feathers in, in several feather dusters, but that was okay. You know, it, it was important to him to be a part of that. And, you know, that brings us to today's guest who comes from Central Coast of California. Since 2014, she's worked closely with seniors to support their life enrichment across many stages of cognitive abilities. Her work spans adult daycare centers, assisted living and memory care centers, independent living communities, and skilled nursing facilities. Please welcome to Roger That, Haley Wilder. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I imagine my story of by telling him, you know, just sit and do nothing, sent a chill down your spine. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yes, um, activities <laughs> are such an important part of a balanced day. They keep your brain engaged, and they can bring meaning and purpose to your to your day. Also, if you're participating in things that you love to do, it makes your day more enjoyable and fun. And um, if you're doing activities with other people, you're socializing, and that's very important for your overall health. We all crave human connection, and activities are a way to fulfill that. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because my whole memory of my dad is very much a loner. And he spoke when spoken to, and he answered your question, and he moved on. He wasn't one to sit and, as he said, BS. (laughs) 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 Okay, too much BS. I got to go. You know, um, that, that type of thing. But he always was doing something, whether it was in the garden, whether it was doing things around the house. My mother had severe, severe arthritis in her knees. Uh-huh. On her two knees, she had three different knee replacements. Uh-huh. So there was a lot of being at her beck and call. So that, Dad, you don't need to do anything, was total opposite. And for the most part, drove him bonkers. And we have to remember, he grew up on a farm, too. Yeah. He was busy from morning to night. So this is a man who was never inactive, which, you know, I didn't think about. Yeah, if you're helping with a, a, a simple task around the house, that, that can give you purpose during the day. Yeah. So I, I like that idea that you shared earlier. Um, we all like to feel like we're being helpful and have meaning during the day. So um, that's a wonderful activity to do. One of the things that he, uh, he liked to um, give out the candy on Halloween and uh, he insisted that that was that was his job. He had he he was supposed to do that. And at first he said, "I give him one piece of candy, right?" And I'm like, "No, you can give them several. There's a big big bowl of stuff there." Then, but he kept saying it was his job. And I said, "Why why is it your job? Why do you think you should do it?" And he said, "Because I'm the oldest, and it's my job." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Okay, if that's <laughs> that's fine." So, you know, we later on did the the latch hook, and he had macular degeneration, and so he wasn't able to see as well to do it by himself. But this is something that you do, where you do the physical engagement. So tell us a little bit about that and how you got into this field. Yes, sure. Um, My first experience in life enrichment was back in high school. I volunteered at a, a local retirement home playing board games with residents. And then later, around uh, seven years ago, I started volunteering at a memory care building. I really connected with the work because I enjoy learning about each senior's life story. And I love helping people in practical ways and being creative and having a, just having a good time. And so all those factors uh contributed to me um, pursuing a career in in life enrichment Um, to today. I'm a senior activities coach. Um, I have my own business, Haley Wilder Activities, and I support retirees with life enrichment programs and social activities at retirement homes, also for 
private clients, and I also provide dementia activity support. So tell me, what is an, a life enrichment activity? A life enrichment activity. Well, in particular, I'd love to talk about seniors who have dementia. Um, I'd love to note, or I, I, I wanted to note that um, when someone has dementia, there's um, memory loss and the struggle to communicate. And that can be extremely difficult to cope with and it can lead to feeling frustrated and upset. So goals sometimes with that particular um, group, can um, the, the goal of an activity could be to redirect their attention away from feeling frustrated and guide them in a positive direction. Um, and so I have many ideas of ways to help, um, um, achieve that. So give, give us an example or two. Sure. So one idea is to go outside. Um, if you're noticing that the loved one you're, you're helping is feeling frustrated and and needs, um, help refocusing, go outside and, um, just moving your body and and being in the sun and breathing fresh air can turn a bad mood into a good one. So that's one idea. Also, ask for help with uh, uh, tasks around the house, like um, Mike had uh, said before. That's a great one. Um, that that gives the person purpose during the day, and they're they feel like they're being helpful. It's interesting because. Bobby set up a schedule for him because if it was up to him, he would try to do everything at once. And of course, if he does everything on Monday, then he's got nothing for the other six days. So dust upstairs on Monday, downstairs on Tuesday, vacuum Wednesday, and so on and so forth, and set up the schedule. And he had it in his room that he could look at every day. And he got up early. And he would grab the feather duster, and he would dust everywhere, and then he would lay it on the floor outside our bedroom and wait for us to get up so he could go in our room. (laughs) You know, it was kind of a message, get up, you lazy bones, I have work to do. (laughs) And on the vacuuming days, the vacuum was right there. You had to be careful you didn't trip over it. And he also, getting the mail was very important to him. He never opened it. He didn't care what was in it, but it was his job to get it and bring it in the house. Yeah, that's great. Another idea could be um, coloring templates. Those are those um, papers with um, design outlines on them, um, like of a simple apple or a house. And, um, you know, they're they're very easy to get started on. And and that's key sometimes with activities for someone who has uh, dementia. If you were to, you know, put down like a blank piece of paper could be hard to get started on an activity um, or something that has too many steps. So right. making it simple is is great. Do you find, say for instance, if you put down a paper with an apple to be colored, then would it be a good idea to say, look at that juicy apple there. Um, do you like apples? And maybe you'd get a story about their mom's apple pie or something like that. Do you find something like that happens? Oh, yes, all the time. It's um, You never know 
which way an activity is going to go and you just kind of go along with it and you know the most important thing is that they're having fun and um that they're enjoying their time with whatever it is that they're they're doing you know yeah i remember my my grandmother my dad's mother who lived on her own till she was 99 and then she went into an assisted living and she passed away at 102 years eight months and she used to tell us when we would go visit her that she did her exercises and i said your exercises yeah we sit in the chair and we move our arms like this and our fingers like this and our legs like this i did my exercises and she was so proud of doing the exercises and you could see on the schedule they called it sitter size <laughs> that having them just getting the joints moving yes of but course. it was so funny she would demonstrate for us and she was so proud yeah <laughs> i think also too engaging um you know all your senses uh, a later stage of dementia is important i used to teach a, a class at my previous job called aroma size where um I would spray aromatherapy while we were stretching, and that really engaged the sense of, of smell. So I, I definitely agree with you. Oh, and, and aromas and scents from throughout our lives, they, they bring back memories almost in instantaneously. Yes, it's very powerful with your memory. Now, you say that you do the cognitive engagement according to the abilities. So... Would that be something on an individual basis or in a group basis? Because individual, I could see or under, easily understand, I should say. But as a group, it would seem to me that that would be a whole lot harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So for, you know, planning activities for um, individual, that would be... Um, for my, um, you know, senior activities uh, coach business that I do, but the group activities are in, in retirement homes, uh, a retirement home setting. But if I'm if I'm looking at um, uh, an individual and trying to figure out um, what their um, interests are, there's um, a few things that I'll, I'll look into, like their background and interests strengths and any disabilities that they they may have well sure i mean you might you would engage mike because he's a musician you know about music and you know being a drummer or my brothers are all car people you know they put them together they take them apart they shine them um things like that yeah exactly um if i if i was working with um a, a civil engineer um, I might make um, uh, bridges out of dowels. That could be a very engaging activity for a, a retired engineer. Or if I was working with somebody who had, say, Irish heritage and um, was a music teacher, um, I could put on Irish sing-alongs. So if we're working in a, a group setting, I would keep these things in mind um, for, um, you know, certain days of the week and make sure if I'm picking an activity like that, I would, in, you know, invite that person who lives in, 
in the on the first floor who would enjoy that activity. So what brought you into this caregiving world? I know you said you started, you know, in when you were still in school, was somebody in your family diagnosed? Did you have a personal experience of dealing, of, you know, living with or interacting with somebody with a form of dementia? Um, no, I, I don't have anybody in particular in my family who had a dementia or um, Alzheimer's, but um, I, I discovered my passion for the work with volunteering. And then um, when I first started my work at um, an adult day center, I really, um, that was my first job in a life enrichment. And I, I really enjoyed um, the connections I made with the, the seniors who came. I, I enjoyed the you know weekly curriculum that I taught and in the group discussions. And then it just went from there. <laughs> now, I got to ask you, when, when you're sitting with somebody with dementia, do you ever get backstory, if you will, like, well, when, when I grew up in Italy... Or, or something like that, or uh, when they were a kid, and the ride you go on, um, do you get a lot of that? Yeah, of course. You get all kinds of stories, and that's what I love so much about the job, is that I get to uh, learn about everyone as um, in, in, and learn about their past and, and learn about them as individuals. Do you have certain activities that you could say tell our listeners to try at home? Yeah, of course. Um, for a later stage of dementia, I would um, definitely recommend um, stuffed animals or baby dolls to hold. Um, I've even seen robotic animals um, being helpful in pr providing some comfort um, during the day. I also would recommend the the fidget um, boards or um, the fidget um, quilts with um, all the different gadgets on there. There's like wheels to to spin or doors to open and close. Um, those can occupy um, a lot of their time and. Um, Another type of activity that's great is um, looking through photo albums. That's a wonderful activity. Um, I actually have a nice story to share about about looking through um, photo albums if you're interested. Sure, please. At my um, previous job uh, as an activities coordinator at a retirement home, there was a, a woman who lived there and she would get extremely anxious um, at certain times of the day. She had these beautiful, beautiful scrapbooks that she made out of um, photos with her family. And um, so we would uh, set them up when you know, she started to get anxious. And um, she spent hours just contently looking through them and um, enjoying the memories with her with her family. So that is a wonderful activity that I recommend for somebody who has dementia looking through photo albums. One of the things that Bobby has said uh, in, in talking to our daughter, she said, you know, if, if I ever forget who you are, 
and I don't recognize you as my daughter, ask me to tell you about my daughter. So that and and bring me back to that time when I do remember. And that'll do two things. One, that you might get a, an amazing story, <laughs> number one, or not. It might go a different direction, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what she's thinking about mom that day. <laughs> and number two, orient you, the caregiver or the person, to a time and place. So then you can go there with them and have that time together as opposed to the push me, pull you type of arrangement that you can go with them and be in their world for that time. Yeah. As your memories fade through these devastating brain diseases, you, I might, if I had a dementia at that point in time, I might think that I'm 25 years old and my daughter is a child. So I'm not going to recognize my daughter as this adult female. Yeah. But she's going to stay, my daughter, in my heart and in those memories. So that's another way to bring these photo albums out. And, you know, she could show a picture of me holding her as a baby, walking, you know, holding her hand as she as, as a toddler, um, her not happy with me when she's a teenager, you know, all of those things. <laughs> yeah, of course, it definitely brings out a lot of conversations. And um, I always would recommend um, whenever families would visit and um, they felt like they ran out of things to say to bring a photo album and to look through them with their loved one and um, that gives them um, ideas of ha happy times in the past to talk about. And our, our brain is like like any other, like a muscle. If we don't use it, if we don't exercise it, um, it's not going to work as well. And we, we're, we're in a situation with a dementia where these connections are getting broken or sometimes flickering on and off. So that kind of engagement, it's not going to stop what's happening, but it'll allow the caregiver and the person in care to share precious moments that they wouldn't have any other way. Yeah, exactly. You know, that reminds me, um, a couple of years ago, a cousin of mine sent me this photograph and said, hey, I think I recognize some of these people. And I think this person's this and that and the other, but most of these people I don't recognize. Do you? And I looked at it and I recognized a few more that he didn't recognize. But unfortunately, right around that same time that we were mulling this over, a relative had passed away. And so I had this picture with me and there was a couple older, my family is very old, um, who have that fade in and out, the here and now. And I brought that picture out, and it was amazing, the gathering around that photograph and people looking at that photograph and naming names. And, and my cousin Jerry and I are writing this down as fast as we can. But also, everybody in that picture had a story that somebody remembered. And it was absolutely amazing to see that, that synergy 
of those people just coming out even and being back in time and telling the stories and taking away the grief of the moment, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, it's an interesting phenomena what pictures can do for you. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation today because one of the first things that I learned, and I hear about it over and over and over again, and it's not a bad thing, what am I going to do to keep mom or dad or husband busy so they're not following me around all day is have them fold towels. Yes, yes. Well, yes, that can work for a while, but sitting and folding towels is going to get really boring after a while. So having these other suggestions and these these other ideas, and we forget that somebody with dementia doesn't automatically mean that they can't do a lot of things. We have a tendency to think if somebody's ill, they need to be sedentary. And often, as we know with physical injury, being sedentary is not good for you. Right, yes. And that's why I I always recommend um, at least to go outside and and change the environment during the day. That is uh, really important. Just something about um, being somewhere new and... and, um, um, having the, the sun on you and, and smelling the, the flowers can uh, really change your mood. Listening to the birds? Yes, listening to the birds. Yeah, we live along the uh, Appalachian bird migration route. And so we get every color, shape, size, flavor of bird that you could imagine. And my dad used to sit outside on the bench in front of the house in a little sitting garden and just marvel at the birds coming and going that weren't available to see in Pittsburgh, whereas, which is where we're from, I, grew, I grew up. And that, that was after his 30-minute walk because that's, there were two things that Roger Carducci loved, eating and walking. Yes. And he would go out when he was still able to do that for 20, 30 minutes at a time, three times a day. Yeah. And then he would come and sit on the bench. And take a rest and then then walk again. Um, Around the block was exactly one-third of a mile. So he would go out, he would walk, he would sit, rest five minutes, ten minutes, walk again, walk again. But, yeah, those are things that he really, really enjoyed. But the birds, listening to the birds and how they sounded, and he would just sit there and just relax. So that recommendation just right there brought back that how he enjoyed that brought back that memory to me yeah I was um working with um a a senior who was a a big animal lover and um uh, she also had uh dementia so I wanted to provide something that was uh, appropriate for her so I brought a large um, animal pictures for her to look through. Um, That can be really engaging to look at um, big, colorful pictures. Um, If there's too much text, then that isn't really uh, appropriate um, because your verbal communication is 
impaired over time with dementia and it can be difficult to read. So we had uh, a wonderful time um, setting that up activity up for her. Well, one of the things that I wanted to mention is that, you know, Mike and I, because of the work we do, we, we visit a number of the memory care homes in our area. And one in particular, they actually had a section that was set up to look like a beach. There was a video of the ocean. There was a section with sand that you could hear the sound of the waves. They had a little French bistro tucked away in a corner. They had an area that was uh, a workshop for men that like to fiddle, you know, with, with tools. They had the nursery, a nursery set up with a crib and one of those um, very lifelike baby dolls. And both men and women would go in and spend time in the rocking chair holding the baby. So care homes, I really want our listeners to understand, are not nursing homes of 20, 30 years ago. And now they have set up walking areas outside where, you know, they can safely, when they feel like it, get up and take a walk outside and be safe within the perimeter of, of, the, of the property. And they have a mailbox set up. They have a bench set up. Um, and they're doing everything that they can to get people engaged and whatever level they're able to be. And it fits right in with what you're doing. So um, it's such an important aspect of dementia care. Yes, definitely. Also, um, I feel like um, virtual engagement is uh, something that's becoming more popular for the senior population. I feel like there's many benefits during the ongoing pan- pandemic. Um, I, I first discovered its benefits when I was working as a activities coordinator at the start of the pandemic. There was, you know, challenging times with new rules being Im- implemented and our building was um, closed to visitors except for a few exceptions like hospice residents and end-of-life visitation. So many seniors were away from their family and friends and neighbors and the dining room was closed. Um, so as part of the activities team, we brought um, engagement right to their their rooms through uh, phone and phone calls and uh, virtual calls, and um, this was a way for the family to check in on their uh, loved ones and stay connected and uh, avoid feelings of isolation. You know, it's interesting. One of our earlier episodes back in season one. We had an episode with a woman, and this was the beginning of the pandemic, right? And no, everybody was locked down. And this woman took a job as a dishwasher at the facility so that she would have the opportunity to visit her loved one. That's the extreme that she went to so that she could be there as opposed to not being able to be there as not an employee. But... Um, to have that engagement, that personal engagement with the, with your loved one. Yeah, definitely. There, um, there are certain health risks, um, and people are uh, practicing social distancing to avoid, um, 
you know, being in large uh, groups. And um, this can cause an increase in, in feeling isolated. Um, many used to go to adult day centers and community centers. And um, so that's where they receive their daily uh, social time and their uh, caregivers received their uh, respite time. Right. So um, there's an importance for um, creativity with technology during this time so that those who are practicing social distancing can still receive um, en- um, engagement from the comfort of their home. Well, Haley, certainly thank you for being a guest on our show. And one of the things, I guess two of the things that we'll do is um, post your website on our show website so people can reach back, but also announce here and now that you have a free newsletter for engagement that people can sign up for on your website also. So we would encourage people to do that. But again, thank you so much for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So one of the things I found interesting and I never thought of was her mentioning the fidget gadgets. You think of that for the for the kids and I never really understood it. But, you know, now seeing that there's so many different fidget gadgets, I think that's kind of interesting. Well, there are things called fidget gloves that have various things on them that they can play with. Right. There are also fidget blankets that have different things. Right. I saw a fidget board that was um, kind of focused more towards men because it had like one of the old-fashioned locks that you slide locks right. and, and hinges and things like that that appeal to men. So, yes, using those would be great. Yeah, I found that interesting. That It's something that I didn't think, I've never thought of. Absolutely. You can find more information about Haley and links to her website or learn about our sponsor, Artist Way, at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes and post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.